Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The big question I think a lot of people are asking you, what does 2019 bring? I think the word is uncertainty. And the one word I'm starting to hear now is debt bomb, which I've never heard that term before. And it comes with a warning uh, that some are th- saying, you know, threatens to plunge this country into a, a recession. You know, that we have simply amassed too much personal debt in the good times. And now that interest is going up, folks are hitting a wall, unable to pay. Household debt now in this country, $2.2 trillion. That's up a trillion in 10 years. That's a lot of money. And, you know, hey, when the good times have been good and the borrowing costs were low, we have been sp- Spending like crazy, but now we can't pay it down. Add to all that the threat of a slowing economy, a cooling housing market, oil and auto sector not doing as uh, well as we might have thought. Well, 2019 may not be an easy as year as we had hoped. Let's bring in Ian Lee to this conversation because when I heard the term debt bomb, I wanted to ask, what is that? And is it something you're hearing as well? Hello. Ah, uh, good evening, Alex. Uh, that's uh, that's. Uh, I, I agree. I just want to jump right in and say uh, I agree with you. Uh, the the omens, the signs, the uh, for 2019 are looking more and more ominous. There's more and more thunderclouds uh, surrounding us, and uh, I'm what I'm worried about is what if I can f- continue to connect the dots that you s- set out there very nicely. What worries me when we do go into the next recession, and no one has ever figured out how to abolish recessions or the business cycle, we are going to go into another recession. We can quibble when. But the typical tools of the last 100 years since John Maynard Keynes was mm-hmm. when you go into recession, you stimulate the economy. To do what? To get the people buying again. That's the purpose of stimulus in a recession. That's why Keynes said that. Stimulate, put more money in people's pockets. They'll go out and, you know, get the economy going again. But because we're so heavily indebted, both individual Canadians Mm -hmm. and provincial governments, first off, they're going to be much more constrained in terms of being able to do that. Yes, the feds can, but we'll talk about that in a minute. But individuals may take any money that's sent out there, stimulus that's provided, and use it to pay down their debt because they may feel frightened at that point to say, you know what? I can't afford to take on more debt. I've got to use this money that might be coming into me from the government to pay down my personal debt. And they may not stimulate the economy to get us out of recession. Right. That's something we should be thinking about. Yeah, but the government itself doesn't need to stimulate, doesn't think to, needs to stimulate anything because yesterday in one of his year-end interviews, the Prime Minister was asked about the ballooning deficit. And I want you to hear what his response was because apparently he's the only guy that does not need to worry about the cupboards being bare when the tough times hit. So take a listen to the question he was asked and the answer. Here you go. The concern is what happens when we hit a recession. Okay. If you're running $19 billion deficits now, your fiscal capacity to deal with a rainy day is got to be worse. Actually, that's not true, and for two reasons. First of all, uh, the 
Ratings agencies have given us that AAA because they are confident in our ability to withstand shocks in the future if they come. Secondly, when Canadians have better jobs, when they have more education, we have, when we have solid infrastructure, either uh, climate change, uh, you know, uh, uh, resilient infrastructure uh, to protect us from floods, or uh, more public transit, or more housing, Canadians do better even if there are difficult times in the economy. All right, so that was his year-ender with CTV, to which I stood back from the TV and said, what the hell is he talking about? Like, I, But I don't know if it's me who's stupid or if I just don't understand what the hell he's talking about. Uh, it shows, uh, and I'll be very blunt, and I don't mean to be disrespectful, but it shows that he doesn't have a grasp, a serious grasp of economics. Let's deal with it, and I can deconstruct him on both points. Um, he said the credit, the credit rating agencies um, uh, are, are strong. They are. But credit credit ratings change when the environment changes. Greece once had a very strong credit rating. Well, so did Ontario. So did Ontario. And and so credit ratings can be downgraded. And when do they get downgraded? When you go into recession and your revenues fall and your fiscal capacity declines. (laughs) So he's talking about, well, right now everything's hunky-dory. So therefore, it will always be hunky-dory. But just because things are hunky-dory today doesn't mean they're going to be hunky-dory next year and the year after. So that's how that should be deconstructed. His second argument was almost, I mean, it was bizarre. He was saying, well, there's lots of well-educated people. Yes, there are. And, you know, the economy is doing well, so therefore we're always going to be doing well, and those people will prosper in the future. I mean, he doesn't show a grasp of the structural issues confronting the Canadian economy. And there are serious structural issues. One is our relationship with the United States. Another is relationship with Asia, most specifically China. But the other thing we didn't even talk about, he didn't even mention, is the aging of the population that every agency, serious agency, including Finance Canada, have fully studied and there is a very clear consensus that aging all by itself, setting aside recessions, is going to reduce the, the growth rate in the economy by 1.5% per annum. People may say, what's well, a trivial little 1.5%? Well, it adds up to a reduction of billions and billions of less dollars of reduced tax revenues to governments across the Western world and specifically to the Canadian government and the provincial governments. And health care is going up mm-hmm. and the provincial governments are ever more deeply indebted. And the PBO has said that their, their financial situation at the provincial level is unsustainable. He seems, his comments suggest that he's oblivious to these structural forces that we are confronting in Canada. Right, because I don't think he's ever had to actually look at a checkbook and say, okay, this is the money I have, and, and this are the purchases I need to make, and therefore if I want to make the, the you know budget balance itself, I have to do X, Y, and Z. But what yeah. would happen... Um, if, in fact, let's say in three months we fell into a recession with our deficits the way they are right now and with Ontario being as it is right now and Alberta, what would we do? I mean, because generally you would want to stimulate the economy yeah. with deficit yeah. spending. This is what worries me. And and I want to say again, and you and I have talked about this, I don't want to suggest anyone or anyone says that Ian Lee says the governor can't is going bankrupt tomorrow. Absolutely not. Uh, that's simply not true. We're in very, very strong shape right now. If, but where I'm worried, very worried, is if we do go into recession, the provinces, including Alberta, which is in 
very bad shape. Ontario, which is in absolutely appalling and terrible shape, largest indebtedness of any sub-national government in the world. Sub-national is the fancy academic term for meaning not the national government, but the governments below the national government. We call them in Canada provincial governments. In the U.S., they call them state governments. It is the most indebted government in the world, sub-national government in the world. And what I'm worried about, and I've testified before finance committee in the House of Commons, I testified that what I'm worried about is that one of these provinces are going to be unable to borrow from the bond markets, and they will come to the federal government saying, help, you have to bail us out. And I want to remind your listeners, mm-hmm. yes, the government of Canada has a printing press. I fully, I, I'm the one that says that. It's called the Bank of Canada. The provincial governments do not. I repeat, do not have a printing press. They do not have a Bank of Canada. When they borrow money, they've got to go to real bond markets and talk to real people and real companies that have real money and say, please, pretty please, will you buy our bonds? And if the bond market says, your bonds stink, we don't trust you. We think your credit is bad. We don't trust your ability to repay us. We are not going to buy your bonds, and no government can compel a private company or person to buy those bonds. That was the problem that Greece ran into. It was almost a strike by the capital markets, if you want to put it uh, that way. They said, we're not buying your bonds. You know, it's like someone who has bad credit rating, and they owe a lot of money, and they go to the bank, and the bank turns them down. Same idea. There's no comp- people think that if provinces borrow, go to borrow, that the lenders have to lend to them. No, they don't. They can say, no, I'm not buying your bonds. I am not going to invest in your bonds because your credit rating stinks. Right. I'm not going to. And so because we hear a lot from this current government about all the, the errors made by the last government, but they never factor in that 2008 um, you know, crash of the market, which we barely survived. But thankfully, Alberta helped us out and we did survive. But it was because of deficit spending that Stephen Harper did. But then he balanced the budgets. I think a lot of people are wanting to know you've had a very good situation handed to you. But you've blown it all. And the middle class that apparently are supposed to be getting ahead, I don't know anybody who is. And again, with so much uncertainty, not really sure that we're ready to weather any kind of storm. Well, indeed, what's, what worries me, it's not that they can't print money and, go in, and, and, for that matter, go into debt. I'm talking at the and to increase deficit at the federal level. They can. Mm-hmm. Uh, they will. But that's the frightening thought. We're already $20 billion annually. So another recession comes along, another significant recession. What are we going to take that deficit up to? $50 billion? Some people say, well, wait a minute, $30 billion more is not enough. We've got to do more than that because people are suffering. People are losing their jobs. So what are we going to do? Go to $70 billion or $100 billion? annually as a deficit, and then that's when the national debt starts to take off because every annual deficit is added to the national debt. Mm. So Trudeau keeps saying, well, you know, our national debt is, is relatively very low, which it is. But, you know, you start adding 50 or $70 billion to the national debt, and you're going to make it grow very, very, yeah. very quickly. Especially when the oil's not pumping and the houses aren't selling and the manufacturing's not, not The yet. oil's not pumping. Yeah. People aren't buying it. There's no pipelines to take the oil to market to China where they want the oil. And, then, and, and we know from past recessions, this is not theory. Mm. We know that government revenues collapse mm-hmm. in a recession because people lose their jobs and they're not paying taxes. And mm-hmm. corporations are losing money. 
So they're not paying taxes. So government revenues fall precipitously, not with, without even talking about new stimulus spending. They inevitably go into deficit in a recession because of the, the reality of what happened, the consequences of what happens. People don't pay taxes because they've lost their jobs. Corporations are losing money. They don't pay taxes. The government's revenues fall, and, their, and their, their expenditures continue. And then the pressure is on for them to spend yet more money to help out those companies and people that have lost their jobs. 2019 is going to be a lot of fun, sounds like it. It's going to be a very, very bumpy ride, I think. (laughs) Well, I hope you're wrong. (laughs) I I hope you're wrong. I hope I'm wrong very much. (laughs) Ian, thank you. I very much. I appreciate it. Thanks very much. That is Ian Lee. Thank you uh, from the Sprott School of Business at Carleton University. I I do hope he's wrong. But now it's not just him saying this. There's a number of, you know, economic experts who are saying all the same thing. So I certainly hope whatever it was that came out of the Prime Minister's mouth, which was a lovely word salad, I hope to God someone out there is able to digest what it says because I didn't understand it. Dear, on point, I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.